It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's show, I'm looking at players to take in the last round of a standard fantasy basketball draft. Mick Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Okay, I hope you're enjoying the team preview shows as we go through and look at sleepers and busts and rankings and all the players on all the rosters in the NBA with all the information of how to join the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. So if you want information on how to join one of those divisions, every day I wake up with hundreds and hundreds of applications. So there's plenty of people interested. Um, and uh, the guys that get in, can't wait to take you on. I am in one of the divisions in both the category leagues and the points league. I'm in the Chicago Bulls division of the category leagues, so that one's full. I'm in one of the upcoming points league divisions. Has not been filled yet, so there will be an opportunity to take me on in that as well. I won't reveal which division I'm in just yet, but I am in one of those divisions. The rules will be attached down below as well if you want to check it out. No entry from today's show, but you got to check out the team preview shows to do that. Quick shout out to the Las Vegas Aces, my Las Vegas Aces, who won the WNBA championship last season. Well done, girls. Fantastic. Love the Aces. Got myself an Aces hat when I was in Vegas a few years ago. Uh, so it's good to have some uh, some success for the uh, for the uh, old Aces there. Congratulations. Now, we're going to talk last round for fantasy. And I've made this point plenty of times. I'll continue to make this point with one of your last two picks, either round 12 or round 13 or round 13, or round 14, depending on how you structure your league, you need to take a flyer. There's no point in my mind of taking Dorian Finney-Smith with your last pick with the hope that he becomes the 130th best player. I just don't think there's any point in that. I'm looking for 30, 40, 50 spots of upside with that pick, and if it doesn't work out, you cycle through it. Because in in all reality, we're going to rotate through our last two roster spots all season. We're going to stream, we're going to waiver wire them all season. So there's absolutely no point in taking a guy who doesn't have upside with that pick because what's the point of it? If it hits, you, you, you might find something out about that straight away. In the preseason or at the start of the regular season, you'll find out, oh, okay, I think we're onto something here. And if it doesn't hit, and she's middling along, and there's no improvement, the role isn't as you expected, you move on. So I looked at players who had an ADP, and the last round of a standard Yahoo draft is picks 145 to 156. But I looked at players with an ADP of 142, remember, ADP is average. So at 142, allegedly half of the time, they're getting picked after that. And some of the time they're getting picked before that. But these are guys who I think reasonably you could expect to be available in some leagues 
in that last round situation. It probably more applies to category leagues, but not really. It's still fine for points leagues. And if you are in deeper leagues, it's a different situation, but I can't really go through. And there'll be some names that are available last round deep leagues too, don't worry. But I can't really go through. Here's the guys you pick in the last round of a 14 team. Here's the guys you pick in the last round of a 16 team. I'll do mock drafts for that, where you hear my thoughts on that. I'm doing a 16 team later this week. I've done a 14. Have I done a 14? I haven't. I will do a 14 team or I'll do a 20 teamer as well coming up. Um, but we're looking at standard 12-team league last round. Who are guys that I think will be available? Got 12 names here, plus a list of some others that we can talk about that should be available, and we can have a crack at in that last round. I've talked too much. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Chris Duarte. I don't know whether they're going to start him, and as people are well aware, I'm not as high on Duarte as others are. I think he's totally fine. I think it was a bad choice from them last season to pick him at that spot. And I stand by that. He is a totally fine, cromulent NBA rotation fringe starter. He had a good start to the season. He dropped off. He had some injuries. He might not start. It might be Matherin and Hield. He might start. I don't know. But I do know he's going to have a fairly sizable role. And he's got an okay fantasy game with some assists, maybe some steals, some threes, hopefully some efficiency. And his ADP is 142 at the time of me recording this on September the 20th because I'm releasing this on September the 20th, but you might watch this in three weeks' time. At the time of recording, his ADP was 142, Chris Duarte. And I think at that spot, yeah, that's fine. If I had that first pick, or if you know, I'm picking um, yeah, with the number one pick, and I'm picking on the turn, the end of round 12, start of round 13, I'd grab Duarte. He's probably the guy that I would grab first. At a, actually, you know what? These 12 names that I'm putting, it's almost in order of how I would do it. Now, some of that needs to be taken into consideration for team needs and what you're actually looking for. So that's always part of it. But in terms of where how I view these guys, it's close to in order. So Duarte, I'd prioritize. He might take on, you know, if a situation arises where Halliburton does get hurt, then we might see a spot where Duarte's value increases as well. So I do like him with that last selection. Round 12, round 13 selection. Walker Kessler's got an ADP of 142. Walker Kessler, now I could easily make the argument he goes first here. If you need some blocks and you don't care about your free throws. At the time of recording this, I have no idea where Walker Kessler sits in terms of the rotation. Will they start marketing and Vanderbilt? Will they start marketing as a Buke? Will they start marketing Vanderbilt and Kessler? Will they bring in another center? Don't know. If I was them, I would, I would probably start Kessler. Play him 23 minutes a night. Vanderbilt and Azubuke can get the other center minutes and see what happens. This is legitimate top 50 upside Walker Kessler, I think. Because if he somehow plays 27 minutes, which is a long shot, it's a you know, 95 percentile, 95th percentile outcome. But if he does that, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 70% shooting, 2.5 blocks is legitimately possible. It's also possible that he averages 0.9 assists and shoots 55% from the line. He can also bang some threes, maybe 0.7 threes a game. But he could also play 16 minutes a night and be useless. That's why, with especially with the addition of Markner, which pushes Vanderbilt to the five a little bit more, I'm souring. I would have had Kessler pick 90 probably. I would have taken him there. I still might have. I'd probably even consider him in round 11. But his ADP suggests he's going to be available for a lot of you in round 13. And if he's available for a lot of you in round 13, a lot of you should pick him in round 13. As Obi gets up, big Walker Kessler fan. Um, and Caleb Martin's worth looking at. 
I again, we are recording this before media day, before training camp, and I don't know what Miami's going to do at the four. Butler's going to start. Lowry's going to start. Got my Lowry sound drop. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Adebayo's going to start. There's just three starters. Now, could they go Hero and Struess and play really small there with Butler at the four? Could they go uh, Struess and Oladipo? Could they go Robinson and Struess? There's a lot of guards and smaller players who are bad defenders they can throw in there. But they could also go with a defensive wing who can play up at the four with Caleb Martin. They could also choose to do Haywood Highsmith in that role as well, which would nullify a lot of that value. But I think Martin, who showed some ability to shoot last season, he can score, he can defend, he can get steals. At this point, I would think he's the favorite to play those 28, 29 minutes as a starter, even if it's a bench role. He should play more than Highsmith. He should be able to approach starters-type minutes. And while there is a bit of a mess with Strew, Solodipo, Robinson, Hero, Vincent in the one, two, threes. I think Martin and Highsmith have an opportunity with that gaping hole there, giggity. Um, and I don't think Jovic is getting those minutes. Little Chungus. Martin's got an ability. And his ADP is nothing. Doesn't have one. Hasn't qualified to get one, apparently, on, on Yahoo. So it means he's available, for sure. And there is some value in him. I also think Patrick Williams is worth looking at as an option in that last round. Now, I think some of what he did in the end of the regular season, the playoff stuff was good. It's a little bit skewed. I don't think he's going to be a 20-point-per-game scorer. In fact, I think he's going to be the fifth, well, probably the fourth offensive option behind DeRozan, Levine, Vooch. And then you've got um, whoever replaces Lonzo Ball, whether that's Alex Caruso or Ayo Desunmu. But he can be a steal. Again, 1.1, 1.2 steals, 0.8 to one block, 1.5 to two threes. He needs to take more threes. He doesn't take enough. Six, seven rebounds. He doesn't really pass. He's not a big scorer. But maybe he does. Maybe what we saw in the playoffs, a couple of 20-point games, maybe that he starts to develop and someone like Vooch takes somewhat of an offensive step back. And Williams averages 15 and 7 with over a triple one, with two threes, and does it with good percentages. It's not outrageous to think. The upside is there. It's clearly there. I'm not including someone like Alex Cruz on this list because he's getting drafted higher than this, by the way, just as we're talking bulls. There are players who, you know, he's only marginally getting drafted higher than this, but I had to have a cutoff somewhere. Cruz is at 141. Um, so if you see players who aren't on this list, the likelihood is their ADP is not where that cutoff is because I just had to have a cutoff somewhere um, when talking. But I don't have to have a cutoff when talking about Bet Online because Bet Online is the number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news and podcasts for week three coming up. We've got two Monday night football games today. I really need Jalen Hurts for a big one for my fantasy team because I'm behind at the moment. Would it be great if I could get him to put up some big numbers? But for week, um, week three in the NFL... The Patriots are three-point underdogs against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens, after one of the most epic choke jobs you'll ever see, maybe they're, they're favored to get that win, to get back on track. But all those odds are already up over at BetOnline. It's your continued source for sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's also the fastest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and... 
made Charles Barkley the first black president. Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. I think we look at the tank, Tom Bryant, as an option. Again, the Lakers' rotation is very unclear. Will they start Anthony Davis at center? Almost definitely not. Could they start Damian Jones instead of Thomas Bryant? That is a possibility. But yeah, I think if you are going to persist with the foolishness that is Anthony Davis at power forward, I'd like a center who can shoot. And I, Damian Jones can't. Thomas Bryant maybe can't either, but he's shown an ability to maybe can. And to me, that fit next to Davis. And if you're going to be having Westbrook or even Schroeder out there in the starting lineup, I need shooting. Lonnie Walker can't shoot. Russ can't shoot. Schroeder can't shoot. Anthony Davis can't shoot anymore. Like, I need someone who can shoot. And Bryant at least got that ability. And I think that that would make sense next to Anthony Davis. And his ADP is at 142, which gives us some really, really strong value. Like I said, with all these last round picks, though, it might blow up. Damian Jones might be the starter. Bryant plays 17 minutes. We don't care. Like, he was pretty poor last season. Actually, he's really poor after returning from a torn ACL. But there's a 25-minute, 26-minute opportunity here for LA. And he could be useful. I like Tari Eason. A lot. A lot. There are impediments to him at the moment. Eric Gordon and Jay Sean Tate being two of them. And he might play 16 minutes a night for a bit. I do think that if you are a really strong team, you've got weekly lineups, you're in a roto format, and you've got an ability to stash somebody, Eason probably, when we hit February or March might play 24 minutes and be top 100 player. But stashing that long in a daily changes head-to-head format, it kills you. You can't do it. We talked about this with Shengun last season. You give him an opportunity for a week or two, doesn't work out, you got to drop. You can't hold hoping for something to happen at the trade deadline. So Eason, let's see. Maybe he's just that good, and I think he could be, that he plays 24 minutes straight away. I don't think so, but that's what we take a flyer on. And if it doesn't work... See you later. We'll get someone else into that spot and hope they can do what Tariusen we thought was doing. I don't know what Trey Murphy's going to do. I know what I would like him to do. I know what I think he should do. He should play 26 minutes a night. His shooting is really strong. He can defend pretty well. He's a good rebounder. He's a scorer. And him next to Zion Williamson is a combination I want to see Willie Green really look at. Yeah, there's Devontae Graham, who's allegedly a shooter. But the bench is otherwise Jackson Hayes, Larry Nance. Jose Alvarado, maybe Dyson Daniels. None of those guys can shoot. Trey can. And pairing him with Zion, just spotting up with Zion and Ingram and CJ, at times when they go away from Valanciunas and go smaller, I think Murphy's minutes can really push. Now, I thought Murphy would be a rotation player last season. It took 90 games for him to get there, or 80 games for him to get there, because I think it didn't happen until the playoffs. And he looked really good when he did it. So I could be very wrong on that. He also doesn't have an ADP, but this is where we take a flyer. We see what Trey Murphy can do. We see if he can force his way into a role. We see if he can play a 27-minute, 25-minute bench role, average 12 points, Cam Johnson style, 12 points, two and a half threes, 
maybe 1.3 steals, do it with good efficiency, get six boards or whatever I just said. Yeah, it's okay. I'd like to see how that pans out. The upside perhaps isn't quite there because Ingram and Zion are locking down those spots. But there is still a bench roll available. Now, I just talked about how the Lakers might lack some shooting if Dennis Schroeder starts. But I think Dennis Schroeder is worth looking at with the last pick. I There's a lot of guards. There's Schroeder, there's Westbrook, there's Beverly, there's Reeves, there's Nunn, there's Walker. People are going to miss out. It's probably not going to be Schroeder. Now, don't get me wrong. Dennis Schroeder is not good. He was really poor for Boston last season. He was equally poor for Houston. He did have a good Eurobasket. That's cool. But are you drafting Billy Hernan Gomez because he won Eurobasket MVP? You big Lorenzo Brown fans because of how well he played for Spain? I didn't think so. So while he was good in Eurobasket and maybe he's changed his ways, likelihood he hasn't. But there is a chance he's a starting point guard for the Lakers. There's a chance that he's out there and reformed somewhat and defers a lot of the ball handling, or not a lot of it, defers the shooting and the bad shooting, or he's improved as a shooter. All those things could happen. And he supplants Russ, and he plays 31 minutes a night. And Russ is told to sit down and go home and, and doesn't win the starting job. Of course, Westbrook wins the starting job and plays 30 minutes and Schroeder plays 20. Then we get him all the way out of there straight away. But it's worth having a look at. It's worth taking a flyer on for a guy that, at this point, is definitely available in those last rounds. Definitely available there. I don't think Isaiah Livers is going to start for Detroit. Much like Trey Murphy, he he should have a role. I would, unlike with Murphy, I would start Livers. Livers and Stewart, Livers and Duran, let's see what you can do. A a A defensive wing who shoots really well, who's super smart, who plays the scheme who just is hyper-efficient, it makes a ton of sense. We have seen Duncan Robinsons and Cam Johnsons and these sort of players who in this Jay Crowders, who in this role as a defensive, not so much Robinson with the defensive stuff, but a defensive 3 and D forward who might hit two and a half threes, get 12 points, get you a steal 1.3 per game if he played 28 minutes, or... They play Marvin Bagley 25 minutes and Livers see 16 minutes a night because Dwayne Casey's a terrible coach. That that All that stuff could happen. But that's what we do. That's why we take flyers. This isn't a mistyping. Jaden McDaniels from the Minnesota Timberwolves is the popular guy. He's the more popular player from a fantasy perspective, but he's also going higher. He's going at 134 at the moment. His brother, Jalen, is not getting drafted anywhere. Much like Livers, he does not have a Yahoo ADP. But in Charlotte, there is no Miles Bridges. Gordon Haywood's health is iffy. We know this. And McDaniels is a guy that can defend. Steve Clifford will love that. But he can also provide some offensive punch. And if Clifford doesn't like Kelly Oubre, which I think is a distinct possibility, McDaniels might be able to elevate, play 26 minutes, score 13 points, and be sort of useful. I think we'll figure out straight away whether this is going to be the case or not, but that's what we're talking about. Let's take an upside flyer who might be able to get top 110. Maybe it's Jalen. He's available everywhere. Yeah, would you rather take him or would you rather take a Jay Crowder? Now, Jay Crowder, theoretically, will finish higher than Jalen McDaniels. I don't really think there's much doubt in that, but who cares? Like, What's he finished 140? McDaniels might get to 100 or he might finish 200th. 
Give me the upside. Give me the opportunity of a young guy who's going to improve versus a 31-year-old who's pissing and moaning on Instagram like his boyfriend just cheated on him. Like, I'll take Jalen McDaniels. The upside's there. Even though I know Jay Crowder will rank higher than Jalen McDaniels almost definitely this season. That's what the last round, in my opinion, is all about. Let's stay in Charlotte. Oh, hi, Mark. I don't think he's going to start, Mark Williams. I think Steve Clifford's going to go, you know what? Let's be mediocre and play Mason Plumley. That's a great idea. You know what? We've also got Nick Richards, who's also terrible, but he's been in the NBA, so that means more. Mark Williams was the 15th pick in the draft. He can block shots. He's got good field goal percentage. He's a strong rebounder. There's a little bit there in terms of shooting, but I also think Steve Clifford's not going to play him, and we will find this out really early. And it's, again, like I said earlier, stashing someone's really tough. I go, oh, maybe later on in February, he's playing 20 minutes. That's all good, well and good. But holding on to someone for October through to February, if you're not weekly or you're not roto, or you don't have extra-sized benches, is a waste and it's a losing move. But I take a crack at it. What if Steve Clifford surprises us and goes, I'm a reformed man. I've seen the light. I've done penance. Rookies might actually be able to play more than spud veterans. Williams got 20 minutes tonight. He's almost enough to justify top 150 value. 20 minutes, 6 points, 6 rebounds, 1.4 blocks, 68%, 65% shooting. That's good. Ramp it to 25 and you go 10 and 10 with 2 blocks. It's really good. And or, or, he doesn't play a single second and he sits in the G League and yeah, Nick Richards plays 19 backup minutes and we go, what's the point? This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But the point is, you take a flyer on the upside. You don't take a flyer on Nick Richards. You don't take a flyer on Mason Plumley. Who cares? They're not that good. Mm, Richards might have, Richards might have some. I don't know. Williams is just the guy that you take that flyer on. If you miss out on a Walker Kessler, you take a crack at Mark Williams. I don't have Jalen Duran in this mix because I just don't think Dwayne Casey, he's, there's too many options. Noel, Olenek, Bagley, Stewart, they're all ahead of him, I think. Um, and while Duran is the guy that I would start straight away and just see what happens, I don't think Dwayne Casey's going to do that. And the last guy I look at here, who, again, for the record, I don't think Josh Primo is particularly good. I don't think he's going to start over Trey Jones. I don't think he's a point guard. I think he's got real efficiency problems, and I don't think he has the best fantasy game. But he is young. He will be ahead, I believe, of Branham and Wesley in the rotation because that's how Pop treats rookies. And there is an opportunity for him to surprise and for him to start. I don't think it would go well. 
I think he would be pretty bad. He'd have a low assist to turnover ratio. He'd have some efficiency issues. But if you're starting as a point guard and you're getting 30 minutes a night, I want it. So at the draft, I'll take Dre Jones at 100 and I'll take Josh Primo in the last round. And if Primo is bad, which I expect, I'll move on. But the upside is there. The opportunity is in front of him. It's not settled yet as to where he fits or what his role is or anything like that. He literally might not play. Maybe they give Josh Richardson minutes for some reason. That's possible too. But we take the flyer. We take the upside crack at someone like a uh, Joshy Primo. A Joshua Primo. Sorry. Doesn't go by Joshy, unfortunately for him. Who are some other names? Which these And these other names, I think, apply more to deeper leagues. But some of them could slide into this group as well. Joshy Christopher eh, for the Rockets. There's still Green and Porter ahead of him. Eric Gordon's still there. I would hope he can push to 20-plus minutes a night. I think he can score. He can defend. He can shoot a little bit. He can get some assists. There's something with him. Denny Avdia, still a chance to steal a starting spot away from Will Barton at the time of recording. Um, Steals guy, can rebound a bit, can pass a bit. Upside might be a bit muted, but he's interesting enough. Darius Baisley, I don't think Baisley is a particularly good player. But with Chet Holmgren out, I feel assured that he is going to start now. And that might be next to Poku, might be next to Robinson Earl, but I think Baisley's going to start. And he's a source of like 1.1, 1.2 blocks. He's one of the worst shooters you'll see ever. Maybe that's improved, but I don't bank on it. But maybe he's 9 and 6, 1.2 blocks. Might be enough. John Ray Hunter. He is available in last round of drafts. His ADP is 144. He was atrocious last season. He doesn't get steals and blocks. That's, That's the history of him. His rebounding is bad. His shooting has been poor for most of his career, but at least he is healthy at the moment and that he has a starting role and that counts for something. While I don't think that he's going to return anywhere near top 100 value, the upside path is there if some things improve to get there. He has got the minutes. He has got the role. Let's see if he can turn it into something. At the moment, Talon Horton Tucker is not likely to be a starter. Utah still has Clarkson, Bogdanovich, and Conley. They have Sexton, they've got Agbaji, they've got Markinen. Horton Tucker is not scheduled to start for this team. But we don't expect all of those guys to remain on the squad. Even if they do, I, I'm not really sure where Horton Tucker would start. He wouldn't start over Sexton. And I've seen a lot of people think that Sexton's going to be the Jazz starting point guard. Well, if they want to lose, that's a great idea. He's not really, he's not a point guard, let's be fair. But they don't have many other options, do they? But Horton Tucker, and I could throw another hyphen in there as well, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, might be someone that you grab, just waiting for guys to get cleared out and thinking, hey, maybe they start. Maybe they play 30 minutes. Although Horton Tucker's a guy that probably needs a lot of usage to get there. And with Markinen and Sexton basically locked in for one and two in usage and for 30 plus minutes, I'm not sure Horton Tucker even gets there with his poor efficiency, low threes um, sort of game. But he's worth taking a crack at. Especially in 14s, but even in 12s, it's worth having a look at. And, you know, we move on if it doesn't happen. Quentin Grimes, there's a lot of guards. There's Brunson, there's Fournier, there's Grimes, there's Quickly, there's Rose, there's McBride even. There's Reinhardt to Jackano back, joking. Grimes, I like. I'm not sure in the Knicks ecosystem or environment he has the most fantasy-friendly game. I would have been way more in with him. Um, at this last round spot if he was traded to Utah or if there was still the hope that he was tra- traded to Utah. But of course, that hope is gone. 
Emmanuel Quickly is another name here, but he didn't qualify for my cutoff of an eight with an ADP of 140. I would draft Quickly over Grimes if he was available. But Grimes could start. I don't think he will, but he could start over Fournette. This is Tom Thibodeau, the man that started Alfred Payton for an entire season. And Alec Burks at point guard. So I don't think that Grimes gets it over Fournier, but I'm willing to take a crack at it. And there's a couple in Memphis. Jaron Jackson most likely doesn't start the regular season healthy. Someone is going to start. It might be Brandon Clark, but I've heard a couple of Grizzlies people say now, Taylor Jenkins doesn't really want to start him, and there are other guys to go there. So do they go small and start Zaire Williams? He's what, 6'6", six, 6'7"? Six, six, go really small, put him at power forward? Or have Dylan Brooks guard power forwards because he's strong? Or do they put Santi Aldama, first-round pick from last season, as the starting power forward, who put up some really good numbers in summer league and looked impressive, I thought. Williams, if he's not starting, the path to minutes is harder, although it does help that Melton was cleared out. Aldama, again, if he doesn't start, there's going to be Clark, there's going to be maybe Roddy, there's going to be LaRavia, who are going to push for those minutes too. But these are guys that we can have a look at, we can take a crack at, and we can see exactly what happens you know, in a couple of weeks, maybe. Even in preseason, we might get more information on that. So that is, how many names is that? That's 20 names that I think you can consider in the last round of drafts or even into 14-team leagues who I think have that upside rather than drafting the boring Kevin Love or drafting even the boring Boyan Bogdanovich or Kyle Anderson or Otto Porter, who might theoretically rank as 140th. It's just boring. There's no upside in it. These guys have that upside, I believe. So... Let me know down below. Was there a name that you would have included in this? Drop it in the comments here on YouTube. Tweet it at me at RedRock underscore Beeble and follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, you know what to do. You thumb it up. You drop those comments down below. You subscribe. You hit the bell. You notify me. Ding, ding, ding. You know, whatever other nonsense. It's really the best way to help grow the channel, guys. Go do all that stuff, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.